Well, hello and welcome to this week's special episode of A Photographic Life. And this week, we welcome back a photographer who first contributed to the podcast in episode 43. That photographer is Mark Wilson, and we're going to be speaking to him today about the reality of trying to support your work, fund your work in book form through a Kickstarter campaign. So who is Mark? Well, born in London and now based in Bath, uh, Mark Wilson's studies took him from sociology to photography, creating images that document the memories, histories and stories that are set in the landscapes that surround us. He has worked on long-term documentary projects and his stories focus on the landscape and the objects found on and within it, combining landscape, documentary, portrait, I should say, and still-life imagery, along with audio recordings of interviews and sounds to portray the mass sprawling web of the histories and stories he aims to tell. He's published four Kickstarter-funded books, The Last Stand, Travelogue, A Wounded Landscape Bearing Witness to the Holocaust, and Remnants. And uh, these books have sold over 5,000 copies in total. His most recent Kickstarter-funded book, The Land is Yellow, the Sky is Blue, has just recently been published to much acclaim. Solo exhibitions include the Side Gallery in Newcastle, the Royal Armouries Museum and Focal Point Gallery in the UK, and Spazio Klein in Italy. His work has been published in journals and magazines ranging from the National Geographic to FT Weekend and Wired magazines. Wilson also works as a visiting lecturer at Oxford Brookes University with me and has given talks in France, the South Pacific and the seas of Japan. Let's uh, listen in to our conversation, shall we? Okay, Mark, so thanks very much for joining us uh, on the Photographic Life. You've been on before, back in the very beginning. But one of the reasons why I really wanted to have a conversation, a chat with you, was that I noticed recently that you um, just did bring out another book, getting the uh, Kickstarter for that. And I was just really intrigued um, by your progress, how you were doing with it. And I know you were successful. So congratulations with that. Um, But I wanted to talk to you about the process because we talk a lot on the podcast about photo books, but we've never really gone into the nitty gritty of actually paying for it. You've used Kickstarter before uh, over the years on projects. Yeah. How have you found Kickstarter in general and how have you found using it this year in 2023 um so kind of starting at the end it's, it's been very different this year um in general it's I, I find it it's a really good tool as a way to it's basically pre-sales you know of a photo book in this case um and for that it works really well it, it allows or at least it feels like um it allows you to talk about your work and to basically kind of sell your work you know and the project and the book that you're making quite openly without feeling almost without feeling embarrassed about it there's obviously you know i think there's there's quite a lot about photographers not wanting to sell themselves and i'm kind of one of them as well but at the same time if you're making a photo book one of the reasons is you know that people 
get to read it and look at the pictures, etc. Um, so you do, you know, you do need to sell it, and um, you need to make money to be able to print it if you're self-publishing. And so for me, those pre-sales via Kickstarter works really well. So that that's how I always think of a Kickstarter. I, I don't think I, it is crowdfunding, but I think of it very much as a, a vehicle for pre-sales in that way. And for me, it's the um, I've done four now, and they've always worked really well. But what, when did you first do it, and 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 how did you find that experience? And then how is the the experience this time? Because we're in a very different economic environment, aren't we? Very much, yeah. So I've done um, the recent. I've done two Kickstarters for two books: of Wounded Landscape and Remnants, um, about a year ago. Um, a Wounded Landscape was a, um, a a massive thing. It was a project that I've been working on for six years, and everyone kind of knew about it quite well. And the the Kickstarter was made about two years or so ago, and um, it really took off and ended up making about one hundred and eighty percent of my original target. So I made thirty four thousand on the Kickstarter. But what that meant is that we could just print more books. Um, so basically, all the money from the Kickstarter was put into the production of the book. And then I did it again last year for my book Remnants, and it it worked well. It was a kind of a smaller scale book, and I was I was kind of softer and more gentle with the Kickstarter because that's what felt right to me. Um, this time round, it's it's again kind of shifted and I, I think it's, it's shifted for the exactly the reasons that you talk about there's um you know we have less money less um less disposable income i guess you can call it and a photo book is probably a luxury at the best of times and it feels like more of a luxury now although obviously you know books are a really important part of our life and our culture it's even if you try and make a photo book affordable it's still you know expensive compared to certain other things so i found that this year um it was all it was um it's kind of a bit like swimming through treacle as opposed to swimming through water it was just it was just harder to get that it it felt harder to be selling something than it has in the previous years um more i think kind of from a personal point of view because i didn't want to be pushing pushing you know buy my book buy my book but then i i think the way I, the way i treated it this year more so than other years is try to speak much more about the work and the book was just the product you know the the vehicle that allows you to see that work I think that's just kind of part of who I am, that I'd never really try and sell a product as such or even sell a book, although some people may disagree with that. It's always about the work. It's always the most important thing. But it's those, it, it was that combination of, you know, the, the kind of the cost of living these days and the people that have less income, but also um, Kickstarter relies really heavily on a kind of social media presence. And, you know, I'm quite lucky that I've got, I've got a fairly good social media presence and a good mailing list from people that have bought my books and, and prints in the past. Um, but Twitter or kind of X as it's called now is one of the really big kind of drivers for Kickstarter normally. And obviously um, anyone on Twitter will know quite well that the, the engagement there has kind of dropped off the face of a cliff over the last few months for various reasons. Um, so that was, again, made it a lot harder. So I kind of went into this one with them, um, well, with the same kind of target as I did for my one of the year ago, similar printing costs. Um, but to be honest, much less confident that I'd actually make it. And um, have you been using threads? Um, yeah, I've started using threads. Um, I don't know if I'm using it in the right way, but I've had some interesting conversations on there. It feels like um, like a Twitter years ago, I guess it is. I guess the, the only downside to the threads at the moment is the community there is quite small. Um, but the community that is there, it's starting, you know, it's starting to grow and the kind of the conversation, the interaction is starting to grow. And so I I can't see any reason why, you know, given enough time, um, it can't grow into something as in terms, you know, for the photography community, at least something as great as Twitter used to be, really. And so I, I was kind of um, 
just started using threads actually threads kind of appeared on i think the second day of my kickstarter campaign so it felt like it was another platform that i could start sharing the work about which i think was really beneficial as well i don't know if i don't think there were that many kind of direct um uh pledges as it were from threads but i think it kind of it it kind of put the work out into the open a little bit more which is always really helpful and i you know I don't think people realise how much hard work it is to actually raise the funding through Kickstarter. But you've got to make a little film. You've got to think about the uh, the gifts, which is what they yeah. kind of are, really, yeah. aren't they? The kind of add-ons. Um, have you followed a strict process by that? Have you looked at what other people have done and thought, yeah, that's worked. I, I can apply that to what I'm doing. Um, well, to be honest, the, the very first, the first time I did a Kickstarter, which was about seven years or so ago which was actually to not for a photo book was to get some money to make the last stand when i was actually making the work is the very first thing i did is i looked at someone else's campaign and i pledged to it because i thought the, the best way for me to learn would to be kind of via experience in that way um and unfortunately the the, the main thing i learned there was how not to do it in that um when i kind of put my pledge in i remember getting no response at all and kind of no feedback and nothing. And I, I, I felt like I just put my money into a, a black hole somewhere in a Kickstarter campaign. Um, and then I saw nothing and heard nothing for kind of 30 days or the campaign was over. So I remember that was a really important lesson for me that was, um, excuse me, um, it's very much about running a Kickstarter campaign, not as someone who's trying to sell something, but trying to run it from the other point of view. You know, what do people want to see and how do they want to be treated if they're kind of, you know, basically giving up their hard-earned cash for, you know, for my work in that way. So that that kind of gave me a really good grounding in how to run it. And I kind of, I try and, and it is running something, you know, I try and run a Kickstarter campaign the way I, the way I do anything, the way I do my teaching with you guys, um, the way I, you know, have talks and conversations, the way I make my work in that way trying to do it in a way that's not kind of ramming it down your throat but in a way that's very much quite sensitive and about storytelling but always you know about the work itself in that way i always talk about um the importance of community uh in the photographic environment and i do believe that there is a community uh, out there i do think that the loss of twitter is going to hit that community because we all used it as a central kind of communication platform. But that community is also the audience and it's also the reader. Um, and one of the things that have come through in all of the discussions we've had about photo books on the podcast have been about that importance of audience. Is that something you've been kind of working on or focusing or refining or, or trying to understand? Um, yeah, I guess it's it's not something that I would ever think about working on as such because that seems wrong to me um <clears throat> i think the trying to understand is the important part of it and by that i mean how what not to do again it kind of goes back to that you know trying to learn what not to do for something um but you know that core audience you have is is, is hugely important for anyone that's you know hoping to kind of sell photo books or well, make photo books and then sell or be able to make photo books and then sell them um because it's that core audience that comes back time and again so you know i i feel you know incredibly lucky that every time i you know bring out a new book there's often a, a, a number of people that will will buy it who have bought my books in the past and so i find that i've got that kind of core audience that is growing with each book and so it's it's not simply obviously about whether they buy my new book um because you also need more than that core audience as well but i think the the greatest the greatest thing is that that core audience do more than 
and I use this word very cautiously, just by the book. I don't mean that in a negative way, but they talk about it and they share it. And so they spread they spread my work to their network as well, which then spreads to their network and their network. And to me, that's how a Kickstarter, you know, or you know, any kind of pre-sales photo book is the only way that it can work is if you have that good cause to start with. And then your message can kind of spread wider and wider, wider. And as that coordinates builds with each book you make, again, the spread of those networks go wider and wider, wider. And it, it's not like if you're, you know, your network size doubles that you suddenly sell twice as many books. Um, but it all helps in that way, which is really good. So it's a hugely, a hugely important part of, I guess, the photo book world is is those conversations to have. And I, I like I like to think that I'm, you know, I like to think that the people that buy my books not out of sympathy, <laughs> not because they feel they have to, because they want to, you know, and not because they just want another book, but they're interested in what I'm trying to talk about. But you're also collaborating with people. I mean, you know, you've got a great sub-editor uh, yeah. who's working with you. you. You work with designers. You're working closely with the printers. You know, collaboration today is so important for photographers. That's hugely. And, and to be honest, that's something, until I started making photo books, that's something I had no idea about at all, really 0% idea about collaboration. Um, and then the, when I started doing my self-publishing in my books, that's when I then started working with a designer, um, copy editors, researchers in that way. And the kind of the, the, the group of people I collaborate with on my photo books is growing and growing and growing. So, excuse me, um, you know, I've got two designers I now work with with different books. I've got this amazing copy editor who I work with all my English text and a copy editor with the Ukrainian text you know, for this book. Um, I've worked with a number of different translators now, different researchers, uh, two or three different illustrators as well. So it's it's that kind of network of collaborators that's growing. And it's impossible for anyone to quite understand, I think. I know that you do, but... but you know, it, the number of emails and subtle changes, you know, to the text especially runs into the hundreds of changes. And the amount of work that these people put into my book is is incredible. So, you know, I can safely say that without these people working on my book, that it would be far less than it is, really. Do you think a lot of photographers, I'm slightly leading the witness here, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. But, you know, do you think a lot of photographers kind of, see the photo book as this thing that they're going to put out because you know they've got some photographs and they're going to put it out they're going to design it themselves they can do the typography it's all easy you know you've got InDesign or something similar or you put it out through blur and that's okay and from my perspective i think what the, what they're doing is kind of misunderstanding both the power of the photo book, but actually the power of publishing. And it seems to me that actually your professional practice is becoming far more now about the publishing of a book as much as the publishing of the photographs. Yeah, I think I think it, it kind of works out from a you know the photographer's point of view. It's almost as someone that works as a photographer and practices and makes long-term, you know, personal projects and really considers and cares about the stories that they're telling compared to someone that is just walking around and takes a snap. Um, their picture may be good, but it, it doesn't have that kind of, you know, that length. It, it, it may not last in that way. And I think that some photographers will see a photo because that is something that they can do quite easily. But I think if they, if they start down that path, I think, you know, probably without fail, they'll all realize that soon enough it's, they can do it themselves to a point, you know, and we can all do things I can cook, but it's not that great. Um, I think all photographers can make a photo book themselves, but it, most of them won't be that great. I don't think um, the same way that, you know, the, 
as photographers, we're commissioned to make work, for instance, because we're really good at what we do. Someone else could take those pictures, but they just wouldn't be as good. And I don't think a photo book can be as good as it can be um, unless you collaborate in that way. And I think that's just a shame because I think the the work that people make, if it's an important enough piece of work and if it's a, a good enough piece of work, it needs to it needs to have that love, care and attention that only really working with a whole group of professionals can bring. I mean, that's, you know, that's my experience anyway. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But also um, that that idea of, of the funding, the financials, yeah. you know, that's helping you to collaborate because you, you're paying those people. Yeah, completely. So, you know, when I... Um, when I think of making, but you know, I'd, I'd love to say that you know my my business is my photography business is so successful that I I make such massive profits that I can just take those profits and pump out my next photo book. It obviously doesn't work that way, um, which is why I need to you know seek funding every time I make a photo book um, using Kickstarter. And so when I, you know when I when I think about it, you know when I I think I decide to myself, well, this is a piece of work that I want to make a book of. You know, I need to, I need to work out my budget. You know, as in how much will it cost me? And you have your printing cost, obviously. So I get quotes from my printer, but then you have your designers' cost and your copy editors' cost, your illustrators' cost, your translators' cost, your researchers' cost. You know, all those things, and you have to build them all into it. So you're in in sense the Kickstarter, your final goal, your target goal, isn't just for the printing of the book; it's for everything that you need in that way. So I genuinely, you know, I I look at how much I need. Um, for a Kickstarter you know, to, to make a book, um, and then I decide: Do I think that's viable on a Kickstarter campaign? If if I feel it's too much, I think to myself: Well, and that's what I did on this one. I think: Well, how much can I set as a target goal to cover the printing and some of the other costs? You know that I think I will actually make, and then I know that I'll have some of the other costs, like the copy edit costs, the illustrators, and maybe the translators to kind of cover myself as well. So it's a bit of a kind of balancing act in that way. And I think, and again, I'm sort of talking very kind of broad brushstroke here, but do you feel that um, photographers see the photo book as a potential for earning in the, you know, there is a possibility of making money out of this? Or do you think, you know, you could probably make a lot more money by doing it all yourself and not working with those people um, and just pocket the cash? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> where are you with that kind of balance? Um, well, I think, you know, I, I could do that once. Um, I could make the book. Because, you know, when you do a Kickstarter campaign, people, you, you don't have a book yet to show people. So I think I could do that once. And I think that book would get made. And it would be, obviously, there's no way it would be as good as my previous books. And so I don't think people would buy my next book, to be honest, you know, in the way that they have, they would have bought that book. So to me, um, I could do that but the books I make wouldn't be as good. And the whole reason for me making books is to tell the stories that I'm talking about. And so that's why I want the book to be as brilliant as it can be so that it tells the stories as well as it can tell. So, you know, in a simple fact, I'd rather make less money but have a brilliant book. Um, you know, that's that said, I, I need to eat. <laughs> I need to send my kids to nursery and stuff like that. So I it's so selling photo books is a really important part of my income in that way. Um, but that balance is really important. You know, to me, it's, it's completely self-defeating to try and make extra money by not using a designer because the book just won't be as good. And it, may, it raises the, the point of subject matter, actually, because... I would say, and shoot me down if I'm wrong on this, that um, The Last Stand was um, a relatively uh, approachable subject matter. Yeah. 
the the book on the Nazi atrocities is a much, much harder sell. The Ukrainian book in this moment probably is a slightly easier sell to people feeling positive towards supporting Ukraine. But not in any way is that subject matter leading you to decide, oh, I'll do this one because more people are going to buy it. Yeah, no, not at all. It's always, you know, I've, I, I, I never choose, I don't choose my book first. I choose my work first um, because at the time, that's the work that I want to make. Um, and then once I've chosen that work and I've started making it, it's only at that point that I wonder, decide, I think this will make a good photo book. Um, and so and once I make that decision, you know, I, I can then kind of, I can quite easily see beforehand. It is very similar, similar along those lines. And um, I can see if I think the book will potentially sell more easily than others. Um, that can sometimes, or that could sometimes dictate. I think the thing that could dictate is the amount of books that you print. Um, but I, I, I quite like to think and look at things in the long term. And you know, the way that printing works is that if you print like 400 books or you print 600 books, the price isn't that different. Um, so that's why I, I generally always print a thousand copies of my books. Um, a Wounded Landscape, the book about the Nazi atrocities, I printed 1,500 books because I knew I'd never be able to print that again because the, the cost of printing was so high. So we just used all the Kickstarter funds for 1,500 books. Um, this book, again, I'm printing 1,000. Um, the last hand, I've nearly sold about 4,000, so we're quite close to the end of the edition now and looking at another one, perhaps. Um, and so I know that some, you know, some one book I could print a thousand, I could sell it in a year. Um, another book I could print a thousand, and it could say take two years or three years to sell. But I, I've got a small storage space now, so I don't. I, I try not to. I, I definitely don't make a decision on whether to make a photo book as whether I think it's commercially successful, uh, you know, viable. Um, I think any book is to a point if it's really well made. Um, the subject matter is really interesting. I just think the the kind of the length of time it may take to sell the number of copies you choose to make just may be longer or shorter in some cases. And one of the things you do, which I, I absolutely love, and I, and I always recommend to people to do, but it's quite often met with an element of kind of, yeah, well, you know, does that really work, is that you're working with a relatively local printer to you. Yeah. So you can actually just go down there and see it on press, which is yeah, so yeah, so essential. Yeah. Um, rather than getting sending it to China or getting it done in northern Italy or or, or wherever, you know, they're they're the two traditional places at yeah. the moment for photo book printing. So, for, I suppose, really, how did you find that local printer, and, and what do you find are the benefits of of doing that? Um, so, I think that me when I my first two self published books, the first one was printed in Leeds. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know much about printers and it was with uh, team impression and these who are fantastic and you know worked really well the second second self-published book was with a different printer that wasn't in leeds um it's in wales um my experience wasn't as great with them and so it was at that point i wanted to make sure that i started working printers that i got on with really well um the next book we did landscape we were looking in europe and um, looking at various places you know there's like italy or malta or denmark actually we were thinking printing in denmark um and then it just ended up that I was, um, I think I made a post on LinkedIn or my designer went forward and made a post on LinkedIn. And I got an email from Ian at Taylor Brothers in Bristol, who the prints I use now. And he said, I'm sure you have a printer ready, Mark, but you know, if you're ever thinking about print, you know, come for a chat and a, and a, and a cake and let's, let's see what we can do. And obviously the idea of coffee and cake is always good. So we sat and I just, I really liked what they do. I love, love the books that they make. Um, 
I loved their kind of care and attention to detail. And I have to admit, I really liked the fact that to go on press was only half an hour away or 45 minutes away, which was really good. So, and that kind of combined with Brexit and all the extra, um, excuse me, all the extra complications that brings from the printing abroad. Um, so it was almost like these different elements coming together um, and this chance meeting that kind of pushed me in that direction, I think. So I didn't initially make that decision, but I want to work with a local printer compared to a, a more far up printer. It was just those kind of things combining at the right moment for me. But it's a decision I don't regret at all. I, you know, I've got colleagues and other photographers who have in, incredible satisfaction with their printers in Turkey and Italy and further afield and stuff like that. Mine just happens to be in Bristol, which for me works really well. Well, I always encourage people to look for a local printer if they can. One, because it's good to support the local economy, but also those guys, those little local printers that have survived are invariably really good. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a kind of a chance decision, but it's, you know, there's so many other good reasons for doing it. It's in fact the local, as you say, which is great. You know, it means delivery of my books is like a half hour journey in, in one of their small vans as opposed to shipping containers and stuff like that. So there's there's kind of countless reasons why it makes sense to print locally if if you can. I think. And one of the things, you know, we spoke um, briefly uh, briefly about X and threads and yes. you know, Facebook and, and all the social media platforms. But I, I think it's one of the things that um, people either don't realize or they think they can survive without, which is without social media as a photographer because we don't like it or it's going to take up a lot of time. Or There are all sorts of barriers that people put up um, for not using it or reasons not for not using it. But, I again, I, I always say I just can't see how you're going to get the message about your book out or about your Kickstarter without social media. And you work it really hard. Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, you know, I've got I've got a good mailing list, and the mail, mailing list is built up from people that have bought my books in the past and prints. Um, but without that social media, you know, without kind of Twitter and Instagram, you know, now threads and Facebook and stuff, I really I don't see how it could work. You know, I I think it could work on a very small scale. It you know it could work if you're ridiculously lucky or you had a huge name and a big agency behind you. But you know, I think for most you know most kind of working in you know photographers who choose to self publish. Um, I think social media is a completely integral part of it. And I think it could be done without it, but I think it would be so much harder and potentially unsuccessful. I was talking to someone the other day who was asking my advice because they wanted to do a book and they wanted to do an exhibition, uh, a kind of uh, collaborative, um, bringing different work from different photographers together. And they were asking me, you know, what what should come first? Should the book come first? Should the exhibition come first? If they have the exhibition, will they then get the book? If they then do the book, will they then get the exhibition? <laughs> and um, they really hadn't given any thought to the idea of who was going to buy this, who was going to fund it, whatever. There was kind of no business plan there. But you have taken the work and you have gained some very prestigious uh, exhibitions on the back of it. Yeah. So how how's that worked? Um, well, I've I've never kind of, if this, hopefully this makes sense, but I'm never in a rush. Um, I kind of am as well. You know, every single day I seem to be rushing about. But I don't, when I make a piece of work, I don't think it all has to happen straight away. I don't think I need to have exhibitions and interviews and conversations and books and everything straight away. Um, 
I like to let things kind of happen as they happen. So, you know, with I finding that I was having kind of small exhibitions with the last band, for instance, but exhibitions weren't didn't really seem to be going anywhere. But it wasn't something that I would push and push and push because I was kind of like knocking my head against a brick wall most times. Um, just gets quite depressing after a while. And with the ruined landscape, I was you know as I was making the work, I always knew that I wanted the work to be in book form. You know for the reasons you know for the reasons that photo book is so great, but I also wanted to have exhibitions and conversations and talks about the work. Um, and the book came first and I never, never, I've never pushed for exhibition of that work because I kind of felt like I didn't have the energy to do it, to be honest. But then the book came out and it is very much from the book that the first exhibition at Side Gallery comes, has come about. Um, and then it's from that exhibition of Side Gallery and that in connected to previous conversations, you know, with Impressions Gallery, which is why we have the exhibition at Impressions Gallery now um, in October. And then it's working the same with my other book as well. So my Ukrainian book, I have the first exhibition now um, in October as well, which I should be able to announce quite soon, hopefully. So it's those things, you know, each thing kind of works in conjunction with the other. And I've I've, I've never really wanted to work too hard at exhibitions, not because, you know, I feel like I I don't be too big or anything like that, because it's, it's, you know, it's the opposite. It's just that I've always found it um, quite really hard work to get nowhere with exhibitions. So the fact that, you know, at the moment, some stuff has been coming to me is fantastic and i'm really enjoying it um but i don't expect it to be like this next year or the year after so it's that kind of cumulative effect i think of you know conversations like this and making books and exhibitions and all those things happening at once so i guess it's like i i have a it may seem like i have a business plan but i don't think i have a traditional business plan as such i just it's all about the work to me you know and then it's how do i get that work out as much as possible in the best possible way which I suppose leads to two things, doesn't it? It leads to, you know, a discussion around print sales and the and the financial benefit of print sales, and also the the, the marketing and and the getting press coverage. But let's let's deal with the the print sales first. Um, do you find that the choice of the prints that you put with the Kickstarter as the kind of um, the incentives, I suppose, make a big difference to people actually um funding and um supporting the project um i think so yeah because a lot of you know a lot of the pledges made for kickstarter are for books with prints so i think people really um i think they really like that idea of buying a print with a book you know i i, I do print sales as well kind of individually and you know every once in a while someone comes along and they'll buy a, like a big kind of 40 by 30 inch print and it's it's fantastic um and then i sell these kind of smaller 10 by 80 prints as well which you know seem to sell in kind of you know, fits and starts again but i found that most of my print sales are those connected with my books so my special editions of the books um it does help you know from a financial point of view obviously the you know the the money that you make i guess on a print compared to the physical cost of that print is you know is, is a good profit in that way um so it can really help kind of beef up those kickstarter pledges and rewards in that way well i i personally this is a terrible thing but to, to bring it about me because it really isn't about me but i'm going to put myself in a position of being a a funder of of books which i have done on kickstarter and also um i suppose a collector of books and what have you and i have got to a point now where this sounds awful, and I, I don't know if I'm uh, rare in this, but I do look to see what are the prints that are being offered. Do I want those prints? Am I actually going to frame those prints or 
put them on a wall somewhere. Yeah, no. Um, God, or not, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, I would... So when I do my Kickstarter, for instance, you know, and I have my rewards, I have a print, I'll only have a choice of two or three, sometimes four, um, because I want them to be, you know, their images in the book that I think people will like as a print as well. Um, I, I don't think anyone ever pledges for a print on a Kickstarter campaign, a book and a print, because they just want me to have extra money, but they don't actually care about the print. Uh, and I think I can say that because I do get quite a lot of people that will pledge for a book, which is now maybe 30 or 35 pounds, whatever. Um, but they'll give me extra money on top of that. So they'll they'll pledge for a book, but they'll give me 80 pounds or 100 pounds because they want to give me extra money towards making the work. And then you also have people that pledge for those books with print. So I think people do it because that's you know the specific thing that they want in that way. Yeah, because I mean, I have, I have to be honest, uh, not funded books that I would like to have funded because I think, well, I don't want the print. Um, I'm really trying not to buy books. Uh, <laughs> I have far too many books. So, uh, you know, I really have to have that kind of internal battle with yeah. myself. Yeah, so no, it's, it's good to really you consider. Should, you should never. I think what's important is that the whoever you know as a photographer creating Kickstarter campaign, they should never, never do one that makes people feel forced to buy something. You know, forced to buy the book or forced to buy the book with the print. And you know, I'm I'm not. You know, there's some photographers that do this, and there's whether it's right or wrong. But I'm so, for instance, I don't like to have kind of limited offers in my Kickstarters. I don't like to say just the people for the first three days. If you get this, you can get it at this price, or you get this with it, stuff like that. It's, I kind of think about it's a it's a thirty day campaign, etc. And I want everyone that comes along to it, whether they come along on the first day or the last day, to have kind of equal opportunity in that way. Um, there, there may well be some people that you know have a sympathy of buying a book with a print as well and that's in a way you know for me that's great because it means i can print more books so yeah. and are you thinking about this internationally as far as, as the kickstarter is concerned and, and and dealing with time zones um i i don't to be honest it's i find that um because with the Kickstarter, it's never a case that you just post once a day about it anyway. Um, you know, that you're posting kind of multiple times a day. So I think over that spread of times and my normal kind of waking hours from, say, 7 till midnight, whatever, stuff like that, um, you kind of get all the time zones anyway in that way. And how often are you posting on different platforms over a day? It varies wildly. You know, there's some days where I just posted once because that's all the only time I had to do it. Um, there are some days where I probably posted 10 times because I was getting a bit desperate because there were no pledges on that day. <laughs> And you're quite honest yeah. about that because you yeah. know I've still, I saw you putting in posts saying we haven't had many today. I'm starting to get worried, and you, you, that's yeah. kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, Kickstarter is a, is a really bizarre thing because you you know I, I've done done them before, and I know I know exactly how they work. That they do really well the first couple of days, and then they kind of drift upwards for a little while, and then they have this little plateau in the middle, and then somehow and I'm not quite sure how you always get there. But the bizarre thing about a Kickstarter campaign is that after that first day's rush, you know, because you have your mailing list as well, every pledge you get feels like it's probably your last. <laughs> so you get one pledge in, you like, and then you haven't had anything else for like, you know, five minutes or for like three hours, and you're like, is that it? And it brings on it's an, an incredible thing for bringing on a sense of doom and panic at the same time as complete elation. So you know, there were days where there was there was nothing, there was no pledges. Um, till kind of seven o'clock in the evening and i really thought well that's it you know what can i do how can i how can i make more people budget and i realized that i can't you just have to let it run its course and what would happen if you didn't reach a target how would you feel about the work um it would 
crush me probably to be honest it would make me think that um you know it would make me feel the honest thing that they would do two things to me it would make me feel as i'm not good enough um and that's because i feel that i would have let the people down whose stories i was telling i I feel as though my photography of them and my creation of this book of them wasn't good enough to get people interested in that way it's a thing that puts huge amounts of pressure on yourself as an individual if you're if you're that you know you're kind of sensitive and that way inclined but it's it's kind of the only way to do it as well i think you know i mean how else can you get 12 13 pounds out the bag to, to pay all your collaborators and your printer you know yeah so if you didn't get the money on kickstarter the project wouldn't happen no just no there's no way it could happen you know because obviously a kickstarter campaign it's like an all or nothing thing so if you need if you your target was twelve thousand and you reach ten thousand, no one's money would be taken and i'd have a zero um and it would be a real struggle to then make that book even if i you know if i found a bag with ten thousand pounds in it which said mark this is yours um i don't know if i'd make it because i i would by at that point i would feel not enough people are interested in this work or my you know my photography about this work so it would seem quite strange um to then produce that book and not because not out of the sense that we've had like a a public humiliation hasn't worked so you know people will laugh at you not that way at all it's just more that well if there isn't that that kind of drive to to support this work you know and buy the book the two things combined then maybe there's not enough interest in the way that i'm telling these stories so it wouldn't so you know the work would still be there and it could very well work fantastically in exhibition form but maybe the book just wasn't wasn't right for it or the book i was making wasn't right for it um i'm very well balanced you know i'm you know you can imagine kind of making the winded landscape the holocaust project was like you know, kind of kicking the guts for us every day for six years um but i i you know i have a really fantastically supportive family and friends and i i kind of i talk about things you know quite well so i've never had you know whilst uh, you know i've been worried about things um you know it's never kind of gone further so i, I think i'm quite lucky that my whatever it is about me allows me to to make these things and whilst i'm i'm deeply i, I won't say i'm traumatized by them but you know i'm very much affected by the things i do you know by the the stories I'm telling and then in a way trying to sell myself through you know by making a book and etc cetera, etc cetera. you're really putting yourself on the line possibly more so than you know if you have an exhibition and you go to an opening and stuff and you feel that everyone's looking at what you're doing um you're kind of there in public and you're promoting it and I think the fact that you're promoting it so much is pushing you further and further onto that ledge in a way um so it's it's something that's really important for people to think about i think it's not i think a lot of photographers <clears throat> i've seen have kind of gone to kickstarters quite lightly and don't put the effort and the time into it and they normally fail you know they don't do it the way that it needs to be done to be successful so what would you could you give one or two sort of pieces of, of advice to anybody listening to this who's thinking yeah uh, i want to give that a go i think it, i can put it to one piece advice like commit yourself to it I think you have to really commit yourself, not just to those 30 odd days when the Kickstarter campaign is running, but all the lead up time to it. And then all the time afterwards, you have to give yourself completely to it. You know, I think that it's going to be like a 24 hour a day, full time employment for a month, which isn't a massive amount of work to do you know, over a lifetime. But you have to throw yourself into it completely. You have to, I think, believe utterly in your project. Um, you have to realize that there will be you know a number of hours and sometimes days where nothing seems to happen on your kickstarter campaign and you think that's the end but it probably won't be um 
but also to go into it with your eyes open and to make sure that you've done the right groundwork over the you know six months or a year or 20 years beforehand and building up that network that audience because unless you have that network you know of your mailing list and your social media followings etc it's so unlikely that you'll be successful however wonderful your work is and however amazingly designed your book is if not enough people are reading about it and hearing about it it's really hard to have a successful campaign i think I think that's excellent advice. Thank you very much indeed, Mark. And thanks for for sharing that because I think a lot of people um, are a little bit defensive and a little bit protective around the the mechanics of it. So um, it's great that you're so open about it. That's right. My pleasure. You know, I'm always that way with stuff, so it's okay. (laughs) That's true. Listen, thanks very much indeed. That's it. No problem. Speak to you soon, Graham. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Thank you very much once again there to Mark for sharing his thoughts and his experiences. Slightly intermittent audio quality there. Hope it didn't uh, in any way uh, impinge on your enjoyment of this particular episode. Just the frailties of Zoom and the internet. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. As I said, and if you're uh, thinking of doing a Kickstarter for your book, good luck. And of course, take care. Thank you.